0: Blood Talk Radio
1: car is back and bigger than ever at the dover international speedway home of the monster mile come be part of history and celebrate dover's 50th anniversary may 3rd to the 5th experience great racing the biggest fan zone ever with free fun and games for all ages featuring charlie daniels Band live and in concert the harlem globetrotters monster trucks and so much more tickets start at just 50 dollars and kids 12 and under get in for just 10 bucks on sunday and free on friday and saturday for tickets and info visit
0: Your daughter signing the finish line, she's in. Your grandpa air guitaring the pre-race concert, he's in. Soldiers saluting the flyover, they're all in. Fans holding their breath before a wreck, in. Drivers trash-talking on your headset after the wreck, definitely in. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race at Kansas Speedway. Saturday, May 11th, under the lights. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com.
2: You in? This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop
3: Radio.
4: Good evening from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Despain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com is Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in Commonwealth of Virginia. Stephen, how you doing tonight, brother? Can you hear me, Stephen? Steven might have dropped, but I want to let everybody know that we had some breaking news come out of NASCAR. Let me find my breaking news. Button. I know Steven hates to find my it. NASCAR issued its penalty award. It's penalty awards. That's what I'm going to call it. Penalty awards. They got the number three on opening day of inspection, uh, sections 20.4. Twenty point four body and twenty point four point eleven deck lead assembled vehicle overall rules. Note: dick lead must be must be used as supplied from the manufacturer. Body filler was added to the deck lead, so they got crew chief Danny Stockman has been fined twenty five thousand dollars. Car chief Gregory Ebert has been suspended from the next Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Championship Points event, which will be this weekend at Dover, and the team has been assessed with the loss of ten owner points and ten driver points. Uh Steven and they they also got uh post race, they also got uh the uh, twelve car there for Pinsky. They got him uh on sections ten dot nine dot ten dot four the tires and wheels. They got him on the lug nuts. Tree Chief Jerry Bullets has been fined ten thousand dollars. And they also we also had a also had a reinstatement. Uh NASCAR reinstated Austin Wayne sales. So that's part of the breaking news coming out of NASCAR. Just again to let everyone know, I'm Tim Spain. He's Stephen Wilson. Coming up here shortly, fifteen twenty after the hour, we have uh, our guest, senior director of racing communications for NASCAR, Mr. Tom Bryant's going to swing by and talk to us. Uh, I'm pretty sure Stephen and I have a lot of questions to him about this new package that we had at Talladega this past weekend. So, uh, and like I said, the number to call in is two one five three eight three thirty six eighty one. And we also had some breaking news out of Talladega, the uh the new transformation deal there. Uh Russell Brenham uh had uh, the uh, new construction people there in the media center this past weekend and made them available to the uh to the media. So I wanna play a little bit about what went on there, uh just to let everyone know about how the tunnel thing went and what's coming up for the uh this 2.66 mile monster wake out freeway when you come back here in October
5: I'd like to welcome everybody once again uh, to our fine facility uh, we really really appreciate everything that the media does for us I know we have uh, we've talked a lot uh, since last July about transformation and exactly what that entails um, I know we put out a lot of stuff out there um, it's uh it's been an experience to see what we've done so far. Uh, you guys were able to see the new tunnel uh, whenever you made your way in here today or whenever you make your exit. Uh, we also have our, our new brand-new finish line premium RV area. We had Brad Keselowski come down and cut the ribbon on that on Friday. Uh, so we're extremely pleased about that. But that's phase one, and we're finished with that. What we want to do today is sort of tell you exactly what's getting ready to come on as far as phase two. We passed out some information just a couple minutes ago with a press release. It sort of gives the details, and it's a lot of different things that's going to be going on. But I thought what I would do is we're joined today by Grant Lynch, who is our chairman, uh, who's overseeing the project here from the racetrack standpoint. Uh, we also have Bruce Rain, who is uh, right beside him in the middle, and Paul Bellis. And these guys are with the International Speedway Corporation design team. They're the guys that are really uh, – Controlling the nuts and bolts of everything what we're doing and they they're the experts uh, from a construction and design standpoint So we thought we would bring those in as well those folks in as well, but Grant you want to say tell what we're sort of looking to do here uh, since you always like to be on the pole
6: Yeah, pretty much um, basically everything going this way behind us all the way down to the new finish line RVs that we put in down leading into turn one down there will be torn out as soon as possible. And when we get through doing that, we're gonna completely rebuild what you can see over here with the new Talladega garage experience. Uh, We're really, really pumped up about that. Uh, The centerpiece of that is gonna be a giant open air structure and coming down both sides of it is two bays of cup garages there with 11 bays in each garage. So, basically, we're going to put the fans in the big party zone between those two garages. NASCAR has agreed to have the 1 through 22 in points every time they come to Talladega are going to be lying in both sides of that garage. So, we're basically going to be putting all the fans <coughs> that buy the fan zone upgrade into the locker room, the center of the locker room of the sport. And it's, it's probably cannot ever be done again of this magnitude because we're the biggest racetrack and we have the most acreage or square footage to work with in the infield. So these gentlemen are going to be working with all of our local contractors that we have and the teams that we put together. This is going to be an extremely aggressive project on a tight timeline, but we feel like we have assembled a great team and they're going to work with them on a daily basis here to get this job done. So if This is my last year, as you all know, and to get the chance to build the biggest project we've ever had here in my 26 years in the last year is a real honor. And then once we get this thing built, then I can uh, leave it to other folks to figure out what to do with it. But I'm going to let them talk some, or you all can ask them questions, because any construction questions, I'll let them have.
5: Bruce, how big of a mountain of a project has this been because you guys have overseen other projects within International Speedway Corporation at Richmond and also Phoenix and at Daytona just explain t- from your perspective and, and what 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 you two guys exactly do with it
7: well like I said, I, I'm an architect that works for uh, ISC design and development and this project you start thinking about inception you know it started maybe two to three years ago when you start thinking about the thoughts about what do we want to try to accomplish so if going through the design phase you know, over two years and then you know can this thing develop it's, it's been a, a a project you know in about three years and now that we're getting ready to get you know construction started you know right after this race it's really very exciting paul
6: yeah i i, I couldn't agree more i mean um and it, and it is quite an undertaking what we are going to be doing here uh over the summer is probably the fastest infield redevelopment we've ever done as a company By about a month and a half I think before that we did Richmond and and that was a little bit longer of a schedule so we have a whole team of uh, you know basically our contractors are ready to go we're gonna start mobilizing as as all of the vendors are leaving on Monday Um, we'll be starting with demolition and just pretty much you know cranking our way through the infield so very exciting uh, project and we really look (coughs) forward to it
5: you know grant (coughs) spoke. we we've got a lot of local companies that we've dealt with uh, we dealt with Taylor Corporation on all the bill uh, from the RV standpoint here in the finish line area and also our tunnel. Uh, horror Construction out of Birmingham will be leading the charge pretty much for the entire project. Uh, everything that you're going to see whenever you come back here in the fall and also GT Grandstands out of Florida will be heading up our new pit road club and the race operations. So um, got a lot of good folks tied in with the project, and I know a couple folks have got some questions. Tim, back in the back.
4: Thanks, Russell. Tim is playing at Pitstop Radio. Bruce, you uh, mentioned that y'all done a lot at Richmond and Phoenix and all that, but this is a this going to be a master of monster of a project here. Exactly. When are y'all going to start, and what is your uh, what when do you think y'all will be done completely with this new transformation part two?
7: Well, like you know, Paul mentioned that you know, construction is going to start you know basically Wednesday. You know, as soon as all the vendors, everybody kind of clears out, demolitions are getting ready to start. And this project is going to, you know, like you I know, mentioned, this, it's a fast track. It's one of the fastest that we've ever done, and the schedule is extremely tight. So the project is going to be done, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll be in the middle of September, near the end of September, right before the race.
5: <laughs> Question right in the back. Mark.
6: Grant, you told us about this being your last go around this year. Are you so busy with this project or that you've not allowed yourself to get a little sentimental, or, or is the sentimentality kicking in a little bit for you? It's a little bit. It's a little bit, but, I mean, I, I, we've got to get this done, and so that's key right now is making sure you, we keep our eye on the ball from the racetrack side as these guys try to keep the construction going. And all the things that we're going to have available going forward to sell – is up to Brian and his sales team and all the people that get that out there and Russell with the PR side and everything else. As I've told you all before, it's the strongest crew I've ever had here at Talladega, and I think they're up to the challenge to do this. So I feel pretty good about
4: it. And, Stephen, that was Russell there with uh, Grant Lynch, track president, Talladega Superspeedway, and and uh, the construction bunch there from ISC that actually done, like he mentioned, done – your home check there in Richmond, and that was that was the shortest amount of time that they've had to do it, and they're going to be pressured. Like he mentioned, I posed the question to him, when, when are y'all going to start and when are y'all going to get done? He said, we're going to start Wednesday. They're going to give everybody time to get out, all the vendors and time to get all their vehicles out of there. And he mentioned that they will be done before the October race here at Tyler's Super Speedway. That's going to be a big deal, Aunt bro? Yeah,
8: hopefully the – that cooperates because I know up here uh, they got slowed down a couple different times just because of the weather and that was uh you know it it, it set them back a little bit but they were able to still complete the project on time yeah that's right brother
4: and uh while you were coming on when Suzanne was bringing you on uh I talked a little bit about uh NASCAR sent down their infraction sheet today they got the number three of uh Austin Dillon with the with the dick lead like you and I had talked and they got uh the number twelve, Ryan Blaney Penske, racing there. They got him with this is a popular deal, the tires and wheels look not, not properly installed. And they also reinstated Austin Wayne theft. Can you talk a little bit about those subjects? Yeah, so um,
8: on I'm the first one with Austin Dillon. This is something that um was not um caught in an actual inspection, um, either pre-post or uh, uh, practice-type inspection. This is something that the team voluntarily went to NASCAR, as any team can do, and present their car for inspection to find out if they're within the tolerances and within the rules. NASCAR found an issue with the rear spoiler blade, um, in which uh, the team went back they thought that uh, they were going to be able to fix it. And uh, when it was represented back again, they found the bondo in on the deck lid, which now is no longer allowed. It has to be um, from the OEM with uh, no modifications other than whatever NASCAR approves. And uh, uh, with the bondo onto it to fix the the blade issue that they had found in a voluntary inspection, they were uh, they were penalized for that. Um, for Austin Wayne himself, this is something that Austin was tested back at Daytona. Uh, he failed the A sample. He requested a B sample to be um, submitted and tested. He failed the B sample and he subsequently uh, suspended under the uh, drug enforcement policies of the full book and required to complete those to. The recovery. Um, what the drug was that he failed on, I'm not sure and I'm not going to speculate as the fact of what it might have been, um, but as you can see within, you know, this off break and from, from Martinsville when he was taken out of the truck to now, you know, this break through up until Dover, he's been able to complete that and now reinstate it by NASCAR for competition.
4: Stephen, just to add to some of your quotes there. Uh, you were talking about the the three car and the and the deck lid with the bondo. Uh, Crew chief Danny Stockman Jr. has been fined twenty five thousand dollars. Crew chief uh, Car Chief Gregory Gregory Ebert has been suspended from the next Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series Championship Points events event, which will be at Dover this weekend. And the team has been assessed with a loss of ten owner points and ten driver points. Stephen. When they, I mean, not only they get in your billfold, but when they go after them owner points and driver points, that hurts over a course of a course of a NASCAR season, doesn't it, brother?
8: Yeah, it's really imperative now. But you know, Austin Dillon, um, you know, it's you know when these teams start losing points like that, it's more imperative now. Um, because, you know, it can also be tied to their playoff hopes and their playoff points that, you know, collect collected up until the end of the regular season. So, you know, of course, this didn't go against the playoff points or anything like that, but, you know, it can still hurt when when you're trying to chase down the the drivers that are going to enter the playoffs later on in the season. And, you know, five or ten points here and there, and you know, if you have a bad day, you know, this collectively can can almost knock you out. Um, ten points is is something manageable that they can come back from, I think, and I don't, it won't be an issue for them. But you know, uh, you know, if, you know, some of these that are hit up with twenty-five or fifty points or whatever, you know, those are those are kind of situations which are very hard to manage. Uh, even if you have a long stretch of time like this early in the season to make it up.
4: And also to uh, touch on uh, the Austin Wayne self deal there, where NASCAR reinstated him back, the suspension has been lifted. There's a lot of, I mean, you know, at least NASCAR gives you the opportunity to go through that, what they call the road to recovery. And I understand, you know, you're going to mess up every now and then. We're we're not – we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. He was the only one that was perfect. We're going to have little slips, and like I told you, I'm not going to speculate on what sample A and sample B, what he failed on, because I don't know. Ain't none of my business. All I know is he failed the substance abuse policy. But I want to give kudos to uh, NASCAR for allowing these drivers, and not, not not only just drivers, you got you got crew members and just all these teams that are involved in this, NASCAR gives them the opportunity to go down that road to recovery and uh, I guess just call it straighten up. But uh, I think that's a big deal with our with our sport with NASCAR doing that, Steve.
8: I think it's something that, uh, yeah, that we've seen the prevalence of 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 drugs and human growth hormones and. Steroids and other things like that in other sports, baseball, football, predominantly, and uh, you know, over time, they've not really come up with a with a positive system to to work these athletes back in. Um, You know, while they are working on things like that and they are getting better on their side, and the stick and ball side, side, NASCAR has kind of dominated this and kind of been the leader in this for you know last. Fifteen or so years, maybe even longer, where they've, you know, built these policies out and say, Yo, you know, you know, you you're going to be suspended, but you know, we're giving you an opportunity uh, to come back and rejoin competition within the sport. So, um, you know, they lay this all out for you in a nice, pretty, somewhat pretty format, um, and it's, you know, it's it's something that. You know, drivers and crews and everybody else in the garage, you know, just has that opportunity and just kind of being the leader in some of that, some of that aspect, whereas, you know, we're some of the other stick and spoil, ball sports are, sure, they've outlawed or banned substances, but, you know, they don't have this necessarily format um, per se that, you know, if you follow it, then you can come back to competition or, or, you know, back in, you know, to the team or whatever it is. And I just think that, you know, other sports could probably take this format and, and kind of work it around, sticking ball, football and baseball and things like that because I think it's just positive overall for the sport to be able to have an opportunity and you're just not casting somebody to the side.
4: That's right, Stephen. Steve let's welcome in Senior Director of Racing Communications for NASCAR with your Tom Bryant in the pit stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event.
9: Let's get ready. Mr.
4: Tom Bryant, how you doing this city, my friend?
2: Hey, I'm I'm fired up now, Tim, after all
4: that. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like his past weekend there at Talladega
2: when Chase Elliott took
4: took the checkers there and the crowd went freaking wild, didn't they, brother?
2: I tell you what, Tim, it it, it was uh first of all, thank you all for for having me on, but what an an unbelievable weekend at Talladega. Uh you're right. The crowd was, was in it. They they were in it all weekend, man, from from you know Thursday on and, and uh, just an unbelievable crowd, great atmosphere which which Talladega delivers that you know every time and and uh, I don't know that I've seen uh, two better races than that, that Xfinity Series race on Saturday and then the Monster Energy Series race on Sunday. Just awesome display of of skill and talent by drivers both days. Just making move after move and and uh, and it just it's just not going to get a whole lot better than that.
4: Exactly, Tom. It was one hell of a damn race. Tom, before we get too deep into all this, uh, I want to let you know i got Steve Wilson dot com. He's over here with me. My uh, sidekick. But um, We'll just sort of let our listeners know, Tom, about uh, you being a senior director of racing and communications there at NASCAR. What does your race weekend evolve of and exactly what... I mean, you know, just so let everybody know exactly what you, of, what you take care of, what you take care of, a vital part of the sport. But just talk us through your day to day, hour to hour deal there with NASCAR at any cup track or whatever. Sure,
2: sure. Um well I I'll tell you it's uh it is a almost twenty four hour, seven day a week job, uh, but I love it. Uh, and and what we are doing, my my group of unbelievably talented people that, that are a part of my team, we work to uh help our media uh tell the NASCAR story. That's our entire purpose is to to get our media uh, connected with our drivers, so that the, the story of our stars uh, is available to the fans. So uh, it involves everything uh, from uh, arranging media availabilities and and facilitating different interviews and driver media engagements to uh, helping our executive leadership with uh, announcements around you know whether it's a, a rules package announcement or the schedule announcement, anything of that nature. Um, we work with um, with the uh, with the competition leaders and the teams and and everyone to to just help tell the NASCAR story in a nutshell is is what it's all about and and uh, it's uh, it is fun no two days are the same uh, it's a, it's a lot of work but it's a, a lot of fun.
4: And Tom, us as media people, we thank you for everything that you do for the sport. We thank you for everything that you do for us too. Uh, before we brought you on, Steve and I, we were talking about the, uh, L1 penalty throw down to the number three team there at Austin Dillon at Tato Super Speedway, the opening day inspection with the, uh, I think it was sections 20.4, the, uh, body 20.4.11 in the NASCAR rule book with the, uh, dickley Uh, y'all found some, uh, uh, I think it was Bondo or body filler or something and y'all made the, uh. Made the statement that y'all were, which we knew that y'all were going to find them, but uh, it come out today with a uh, when y'all got Danny Stockman Jr. got him for twenty five thousand dollars and uh, suspended car chief Gregory Ebert. Uh Can you talk a little about? I don't want to put you on the spot, Tom. But can you talk a little about it? A little bit about exactly what y'all found in the three deck lid.
2: Well, I, I think Tim, the, the penalty report uh, that we posted today kind of kind of spelled it out uh, pretty simply and, and directly, and. And uh, it's, you know, the rule book's clear. You can't uh, manipulate uh, that part in any way. And and,
7: uh, and we
2: found that, that it had been manipulated. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, a big part of our responsibility as a league is to ensure a level play and field. And, and we take that very seriously. Uh, and, and honestly, the teams do a, a great job. We understand that they're trying to do everything they can to gain every one thousandth of a second. Uh, and 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 to win, and that's what makes them great but uh we we've got to make sure that uh, that there is a level playing field and and we take that very seriously and, and fortunately we've we've uh, we've seen so far this year um the teams are doing a great job coming to the track with their cars ready with with their cars legal and and uh and we've just seen just phenomenal racing and Steve and I were also discussing
4: too, the uh reinstatement of austin wayne itself uh me and Stephen we're big we're big on this, you know, second chance deal, you know, give me a second chance. I don't know like Stephen and I said, we don't wanna speculate on what his uh ace excuse me, A sample and B sample failed. But we wanna give y'all kudos. Just like Stephen said, somebody sticking ball sports need to follow what NASCAR is doing as far as giving these drivers, crew chiefs, crew members a second chance on the road to recovery. But uh, I wanna Can you let everybody know about what the road to recovery program is, Tom?
2: I sure can, and I agree with you guys one hundred percent. I think our the entirety of our substance abuse policy uh, in NASCAR is the best there is in sports, Uh, and and a big part of that is the fact that we do provide a path back to competition uh, for those folks who violate the policy. Uh, And the road to recovery is a uh, a tailored program that is developed for the individual based on their needs. We have some a number of experts uh, in that field uh, who help us design a, a pass back, uh, you know, certain criteria that that, that competitor has to meet uh, in order to return to the sport. But the fact is we, we do provide that pass back, and, and we're really proud of that. We're proud of, of our policy. It's I mean, it's very cut and dry, and we believe it's very effective. Uh, but we're really proud of the fact that we do provide a path back to competition for our competitors, and uh, and we're glad to see that he's going to be back in action this weekend in Dover.
4: Amen, brother. And, Tom, my final question before I hand you over to Stephen Wilson. Uh, the big pork chop Friday, the catfish here at Taddeus Speedway, <laughs> and the Dreamland barbecue reels, can you pick out – which? I want to know which one was your – was your favorite? I mean, it was so gum Did Russell didn't take care of us a ton, brother?
2: Yeah, i tell you what. Russell is uh, he's special. And he does do a great job. Everybody at Talladega Super Speedway uh, does a great job of, of taking care of the fans, taking care of the media. Uh, you know, we're so looking forward to that transformation that I know they're knee-deep in already. It's going to be when we go back there in the fall, it's going to be a whole new Talladega infield. And I think it's going to be just an awesome experience for our fans, and and I, I can't wait to see it. But I will tell you what, I had to when I got home from work this afternoon, Tim. I had to go do an extra three miles just to get rid of some of that pork chop and catfish and ribs, man. Good Lord. Hey, man, brother, it was
4: awesome. And Russell texted me earlier today, which you know I know you and you and I and him spoke, and he wanted he he just wanted me to tell you, go Tigers, if that was okay.
2: It's not okay, Tim. Uh, it's not okay at all, and I was hope, hoping we weren't going to go there, but uh, I, I believe the Crimson Tide's got something for Russell and, and you and y'all's Tigers this this year, and I, I can't wait until we get started.
4: I can't either, Tom. And, again, I'm going to throw you over to uh, CWed.com. Mr. is Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway there. And, again, Tom, thank you very much for taking care of us, the media, and everything that you and your team does for NASCAR. And thank you again for coming on, and uh, we'll see you at the Coke 600, bro.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you guys for what you do. And, uh, hey, Steven, how are you, friend?
8: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, So NASCAR announcing next year they're going to take very aggressive and bold steps to make changes, something that a lot of people have asked for both within the sport and outside of the sport. We're going to go to more short tracks. We're changing Daytona. We're going to do double headers. Uh, it, it, the path that NASCAR is going down and making these aggressive and bold changes, uh, you know, are ultimately going to, to determine the sport for the next couple of years. But as you guys get ready and gear up for these changes starting next year and, you know, the preceding changes that may come along after that, how do you tell that story to the NASCAR fan that, you know, we're making these changes for you?
2: Well, we, we do it like with things like we're doing right now. Uh
8: and I'll tell you, we've got,
2: Stephen, we've got phenomenal leadership here. Just with, with Steve Phelps as our president, with, with Steve O'Donnell leading uh, the competition arm, and, and with Jim France now as the CEO, uh, we have a, a really strong leadership group with a strong vision uh, to bring the sport back to growth. And uh, one thing that I'm, I'm really proud of is NASCAR does listen to its fans, You know, whether it's through the fan council or other things. Um, we hear them loud and clear, uh, and it's it's tough to um, to always please everyone. But uh, I think we're definitely heading in the right direction, and uh, and we are doing everything we can to help help get the word out. Uh, and we've seen a lot of a lot of positive indicators uh, early in the season. You know, we're just ten races in, uh, but the racing itself has been great. I mean, when you look at the the racing metrics, you, we've had eight different bush pole award winners in the first 10 races we've had six different race winners from three different organizations we've had um when you look at the average number of lead changes uh through the first 10 races it's the most we've had since 2016 you know during that same time frame so the rules package is giving fans the the exciting side-by-side racing they want um that those things like the the 2020 schedule and, and, you know, the work that's being done on the Gen 7 car, all those things are, I mean, there's a lot of excitement and optimism around the sport. It's genuine and it's authentic. And, and I'll tell you, it's, uh, I think we are definitely, there's no doubt. We're definitely on the
8: right, uh, on the right glide path. You know, NASCAR has continued to say that the, you know, the generation car, a uh, seven car is just not going to be just a generation seven car. This is bold changes for the entire sport. And we're going to get to see a little taste of that just coming up in the all-star race where there's going to be some changes um, um, to, to, to the cars that we're going to see in action there. Um, does this show just the, the proactive approach that NASCAR continues to take to bring, increase competition across the sport? And I know we've had some rule changes this weekend where it went from an eight inch blade to a 9-inch blade on the back, um, but does it just continue to show the, the proactive approach that you guys are looking forward to now and into the future? Oh, it,
2: it does. You know, and the, the All-Star Race uh, in recent years has been a great test bed for uh, different um, rules packages and, and things on the cars themselves. Um, and and to, to expand on your point a little bit about the, the changes to the Super Speedway package that we had this weekend, you know, uh, we went there after testing it in Daytona um, and, and doing a ton of, of wind tunnel tests and other CFP testing, we went there with the, the new Super Speedway package um, in opening practice, uh, there was some concern with with the RPMs that the motors were turning. The engine builders kind of let us know that that they were worried about uh, you know getting close to that 9,000 RPM number, and uh, and and we were able to to put the one inch wicker on there to to work a little bit with the gear, and and uh, and we saw in the second practice that you know the the engine RPMs were back a little bit closer to where we needed them. Um, we were we were pretty okay. The speeds were, were right close to where we wanted them. So uh, just a great effort by not just NASCAR, but by the race teams themselves, uh, by the, the engineers, you know, across the industry. Just a lot of collaboration and, and effort towards uh, building the package that gives fans the, the kind of race they want to see. And, and we definitely saw that last weekend in Talladega.
8: We're seeing a new group of drivers and superstars come into the sport. Uh, Chase Elliott this past weekend uh, continues to uh, show his popularity in his win there at Talladega. Uh, his dad, 15-ish time, popular, most popular driver in the sport, and Chase Elliott last year took over for him from the reigning champion uh, Dale Jr. So. As we continue to see new drivers populate this sport and become superstars in the sport, um, where where does NASCAR where is NASCAR seeing the growth coming from? Particularly in the popularity of these drivers, is it from some of the older fans that have been along for quite some time, or are you seeing more growth in, in, in fans coming to the sport because of these younger drivers that they may relate to on a more like millennial level and things like that?
2: Well, I I think it's, it's both those, Stephen. It's, it is, uh, you know, young fans making connections with drivers who are, are very active in in social media. They're, uh, I've heard the phrase, digital natives, you know, they grew up with that kind of stuff. So it's that it's also uh, our, our, I don't want to say older because I'm becoming one of those guys but our more mature fans uh, who, who, uh, you know, may have been pulling for a driver for a long time and, and, he may have retired, but there's there's so many talented competitors, champions, you know, who are in their prime, uh, young stars like Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney and uh, and Kyle Larson, guys who are, are, you know, just, they're winning races, they're performing. So there's no shortage of, of star power in the sport. And I'll tell you, uh, look even further at, at the, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, where you got guys like Tyler Reddick and, and Christopher Bell and... Chase Briscoe and Cole Custer and Austin Sandra. Look at the truck series where you have, you know, the the Todd Gilliland and Harrison Burton and Ben Rhodes and Jesse Little. I mean, you just got so much talent at every level. And, and it, it, it even continues into the the tour and, and Weekly Series, the regional racing series. Man, it's just there's no shortage of capable, skilled competitors who are, you know, they're fighting for that next opportunity. And i tell you, it's exciting to be – a fan of the sport, to be in the sport industry and be able to watch it all uh, take place.
8: Tom, I appreciate you taking the time to come on in here tonight, talk a little bit about NASCAR and what you guys have going on. You know, normally when we uh, let people go out of here, we'll let them thank their sponsors, but, you know, I, I'm sure you may not have any of those, but we'll let you tell everybody what you guys got going on, what you guys got coming up, and if, if you want to let everybody know how to follow you and and the series on social media, we'll give you the time. It's open floor for you, and thanks again. Well, I,
2: I appreciate the opportunity, Steven. I really do, and I appreciate what you guys are doing to, to tell our story. I, I'll tell you what's coming up is, is a, a triple header at, at Dover International Speedway, uh, and when you look at, you know, the truck series, you got, um, Johnny Sauter and, and Matt Crafton, guys who are former champions, who are winners there, and, uh, going against that, those group of young guys I talked about. You've got on Saturday the Xfinity Series race, which is the final Dash for Cash race for this season, um, with, with some guys going after that extra 100K. And, and then in the, the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series, I mean, you've got several drivers who have multiple wins there. Of course, Jimmy Johnson has – Um, I think 11 Dover wins, uh, but Chase Elliott, you know, he won Dover in the fall and and it's coming off a a pretty doggone good weekend at Talladega. So um, I would just encourage folks, if you can't get to Dover and and you know, this is their 50th anniversary celebration uh, this year. And so uh, just an enormous amount of activities and special events and concerts and things planned there at Dover. If you can't get there, uh, make sure you're, you're tuned in to, the FS1 and, and catching all these races this weekend. It's going to be another solid, solid weekend.
8: Thanks a lot, Tom. You have a great night.
2: You guys as well. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Tom Bryant, there, Stephen, uh, senior director communications there for NASCAR, and he talked a lot about him and his team. They sort of help what we call you and I media, you and I and AM. They help us, they direct us around, they let us know what all's going on. But he also touched on a point like you and I had talked about. I had brought up the road to recovery and you had mentioned like I think like I told Tom that you had mentioned the stick and ball sports, you know, they're so bam bam you're done. But NASCAR, like he said, NASCAR as a whole, as a sport, they give that driver, that crew chief, that crew member, what have you, that does fail one of these drug tests or what have you, they give him a second chance. And I think that's a big deal too, Stephen. I think you and I talked about that earlier.
8: I mean, it is a big deal. And, you know, he expanded upon it a little bit more than what I had said. And, um, you know, I I really honestly think that some of these other leagues out there sticking ball sports predominantly – Football and baseball, um, most probably, most particularly, because they're some of the uh, ones that have been hardest hit by some of these uh, athletes and uh, and issues, and you know those those are two particular sports where you know if you're out, um, coming back in is is a monumental task. So, um, and you know you can be out for. Uh, you know, drugs, or you know, whatever some banned substance, or whatever the case may be. But um, you know, I, I think it would be an opportunity for uh, uh, you know, again, some of these leagues out here to take a look at what NASCAR has done, um, and critique, critique it, or not critique it, but um, you know, build upon it for their particular leagues and. You know, maybe not everything that NASCAR does was gonna work and stick in sticking ball sports, but you know, there there's some good ideas in there that they, maybe they can look at and maybe they can work upon and uh, you know, make it for themselves, you know, whatever they need to do on their side, but you know, as a as an industry, um, to, you know, take an idea like this, I think it's uh, you know, something that, you know, is a worthwhile it is a worthwhile idea to at least look at. But, you know, for them to kind of lead this is, uh, and come up with the way that they have, I think it just shows that the amount of commitment that NASCAR makes to their to their competitors and everybody in the garage.
4: And you poured the question to Tom also about uh, Chase Elliott, uh, being a younger generation driver, stepping into... Uh, Stepping into some big shoes there at uh, Hendrick Motorsports. And the the question that you posed to Tom was about the millennial group, you know, like, uh, you know, some of us, like you and I, we're we're old school. And I'm sure Tom's old school, NASCAR also. But uh, for Chase to come in behind his dad, uh, Bill Elliott, and... I think, Bill, uh, don't quote me on this speed, but I think it was, a, it was 218 point something, something, something here at Talladega back in 1987, the qualifying record. The whole field qualified over 200. That will never happen again. But like I said, you poured the question to uh, Tom about Chase and this and the new millennials. But the crowd, like I told Tom, whenever Chase won that race here at Talladega Super Speedway, the guy called 500 this past Sunday, the crowd went ballistic, Stephen. And Tom's answer was they need someone to step up, just like you mentioned also. You know, we've got we've had Jeff Gordon come out, we've had Dale Dale Junior come out and go up into the booth. And I think this next generation deal with Chase Elliott there is gonna be a big deal with it, brother.
8: Um, well, I mean, not just him, I just picked him in particular because he happened to win this past season. Um you know, we see a lot of enthusiasm around other other drivers like Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace, Matt DiBenedetto, um, William Byron. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of drivers out there that have uh, uh, popularity, and their and pop, uh, their popularity popularity is on the rise within the sport. Um, and I think that you know, as, as we continue to see. Drivers come out of the sport, and in the next couple of years, we're going to see Jimmy Johnson, Kevin Harvick, uh, as well as numerous other drivers that have been around for quite some time. Brian Newman will probably go. Um, You know, these are drivers that a lot of people grew up with over the last 15, 18 years or so, and and now they're going to begin moving on. Uh, and, and, And there's Drivers that are moving up to step into those shoes, and you know, as they continue to build their brand and build their popularity, um, you know, I, I think it just shows that you know, you know, that, that it Bill Elliott, like I said, I know a man misquoted, I think it was like 15 times in a row that he was the uh, most popular driver in NASCAR, and Dell Jr. was like 18 or something like that, whatever the number was, I can't remember right off the top of my head, but it. Both of them pretty significant numbers, but to see another Elliott just pick right up, um, I, I, I think that shows kind of where the direction of the sport and where it's heading in the next couple of years, and these drivers like your Chase Elliott's and Ryan Blennies and Bubba Wallace's and uh, Wayne Byron's of the world are, are going to be the ones that we're going to talk about for the next 10 or 12 or 15, whatever odd number of years, um, and then we'll see this cycle, we kind of recycle back around again uh, to, to somebody else, um, but, you know, we see this every, every decade and a half or so, and the time of um, some of these younger drivers that uh, have been in the touring series, have been in the trucks and K&N and Xfinity series, uh, this is their time now, and they're starting to build that star and brand power.
4: That's right, and more power, too, Stephen.
2: Stephen, let's step aside and listen to uh,
4: what Chase Elliott had to say here in the media center after winning the 50th GACO 500 at Talladega Super Speedway.
3: And we're now joined by our race winner, Chase Elliott, driver of the number nine Mountain Dew Little Caesars Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. Congratulations, Chase. Thank you. We'll go ahead and open it up for questions. Please raise your hand and we'll get right over to you. We'll start down here with Jacob.
2: Jacob Silman, Speed Sport magazine. Chase, uh, two for you first. After last year the three wins and, and making the playoff push that you did, how big is a win like this early in the season just to solidify your place here and to know, you know, to sh- more sh- more or less show everybody else, hey,
5: this wasn't a fluke. We're here we're here and we're here to stay.
10: Yeah, it is just You know, last year obviously was good with the three wins. Um, You know, the cool thing about today is how early in the year it is, you know, and those playoff points propelling um, some of those guys to the Final Four. Obviously, you need to win at other places, you know, aside from a speedway too. But um, a sticker's a sticker, and the playoff points are what they are. And I think it's important to rack them up as early as you can, um, as long as you can keep stacking on top of it, you know. So it's uh, certainly a big deal. Excited about it. And, um, yeah, just nice to get a Speedway win. We've, we've been close and had some really fast cars, and um, Allen's never won one uh, in his 15 years crew chiefing or however many years it's been, so that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to enjoying it.
2: It took you a while to, to get to victory lane, but now you've got four wins in the last eight months. How have you grown as a driver over this journey and really over the span of the last year or so as you've started to kind of
5: come into your own?
10: yeah just you know trying not to just ride the roller coaster you know try not to be too up on the ups and too down on the downs it's uh there's just so many things that, that are out of my control and out of my hands you have to just kind of roll with it uh some days and that's not fun sometimes sometimes it is you know today's like today it's fun to roll with it uh richmond it was not fun rolling with it you know so it's just one of those things where um, you just have to appreciate the, the good days and, and you know enjoy them i mean it, it's Races are too hard to win, not to enjoy them, and you never know if or when you're ever gonna win another one. Um, and I think having it, having such a hard road to get to win number one, made me realize that and appreciate it more uh, than I would have if I'd been able to, you know, get a win right off the bat. So it, uh, everything kind of runs its course for a reason.
3: We'll go right here in the middle, <laughs> and then in the back to Matt,
10: uh, Doug Turnbull for
1: WSB Radio PRN uh, Chase. There I is. was just. First off, congratulations. Thanks. And I know I heard you, it was either you or Alan yelling on the radio about you finally got one at Talladega. I guess that was Alan. But h- how big is it for you because of your family success here? You shared the Eric Church Talladega video and the whole montage of you and your dad yeah. on there. So I feel like I'm sure there's some sentimentality there, right?
10: For sure. It just kind of happened by, you know, happenstance that that, uh, that video was what it was. And then today worked out like it did for sure. But, um, you know, dad's history, obviously very cool, you know, to me, the, the biggest piece of of today's and just how much of a home race it felt like after the race i mean i was blown away by by the people and, and how fired up everybody was that was that was a unbelievable experience and um we are close to home so that's cool and they made me feel that way so that, i couldn't ask for much more there
3: we'll go to matt and then up to the press box
2: matt weaver auto week um even before you won the race just watching around the middle stages Uh, I was struck by the relationship that you and Eddie
6: had built and the way that you guys talked to each other, worked together. And it kind of sent me back to the first time you worked with him in the Cup Series uh, during one of the Daytona Jewels came to mind. And um, I remember he kind of had to teach you a lot of things. He he told you very candidly what you were doing wrong. So how has that relationship evolved at Daytona and Talladega to get you to the point to where –
7: now you're in victory lane here in the cup series
10: yeah well i mean eddie does a good job and obviously he's been doing this stuff a lot longer than i have so anytime somebody with with that kind of wisdom is gonna offer advice i think you certainly listen and um i think he has grown to know kind of what i like and what i do um and i kind of know what he says and what he likes and and what he likes to say and when he likes to say it you know so i think all those things are nice and as you grow a relationship with somebody it does nothing but help that and He deserves a lot of credit. He did a good job today. Um, You know, the the Chevrolet teammates deserve a lot of credit as well. Um, You know, Alex and I just, I know I kind of single him out a little bit because he and I were around each other a lot throughout the day. And um, I think he built some trust in me earlier in the race. I built a lot in him late in the race. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of patience to, you know, push a guy and and whatnot. So it was uh, certainly a a team win. Press box, you can go ahead and ask your
3: question.
10: Hey,
6: Chase, Jeff Hood of RacingToday.com. Congratulations on the win. Doug Thanks. Turnbull just
10: asked you about um, your reaction to the way the fans, um, you know, were cheering for you there at the end. You know, there's been a lot of talk about NASCAR needs like a Tiger Woods, somebody that can really, you know, take the role of being that popular guy the fans embrace. Do you want that role? What did you think about the truly the reaction today? And, and also, what do you think the reaction will be tonight when you get back to Dawsonville? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, just the, the post-race was unbelievable. Um, I've never had a crowd. Um, it, it just felt like in the palm of your hands, I mean, is, is how it felt. You know, you get excited, they get excited. You know, you walk and they they don't say anything, and you pump your arms up, and they get pumped up. So um, that's just something that I've never really experienced, and um, that's one of the coolest moments, I feel like, of my racing career. And, and uh Yeah, you don't know if that will always be that way. People might not like you in a couple years or whatever. So today was something I'll never forget and just appreciate all the folks making it feel like a a home race.
3: We'll go over here to Jerry and then back down here to Bob.
6: Jerry Jordan, KickingTires.net. I believe it's been since 2016 since uh, Hendrick has gone one, two. Uh, But to that end, how important was teamwork, not only just as with Bowman, but Chevy as a whole out there working today?
10: Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I feel like it was a it was a team win for sure, and and there were uh, the large majority of the day we were working together um, as a bow tie group and w- as, as Team Chevy, and I felt like we executed that well. I think we could make it better too, you know, just because it worked out. I think we don't need to be content in in the results. I think we need to realize we need we could do a better job. Um, but there's certainly power numbers at, at these races, and when you have guys being selfless and and wanting to you know, push and, and make the lane go, it it, uh, it makes a difference. And certainly worked out for us today. I know it didn't work out for some. But, um, yeah, it felt like that everything was – it all kind of happens for a reason. But I think it could be better. But, yes, there was a lot of effort that went in, and um, I felt like it was executed pretty well.
3: We'll go to Bob and then over to Jim and down to Dustin.
10: Uh, Bob Hockeris, Fox Sports. Uh, you're going into you, – you have a big win this week. Now you're going to two tracks where you won last year in uh, Dover and Kansas, and I'm curious what, what those two wins meant as far as kind of solid maybe solidifying you as a as a contender year in, year out in the sense of, hey, you had won one, but those are wins two and three. Yeah. Well, those were certainly great wins last year, and I felt like that, um, you know, anytime you can win and win often is a, a a big deal and I feel like we won pretty often in those span of a couple months last year which was which was great um I still don't think we're winning often enough I feel like we need to be contending more um I see some of our competitors being in contention more than we have been throughout the season so I think we can certainly do a better job but to have a win this early in the year I think it's nice um just because we won at Dover and Kansas doesn't mean we're going to go run really good there too I mean you know that so it's uh it still could be hit or miss, and we just need to go there and, and see what we have. And, obviously, we, we didn't run very good at Richmond, which, uh, which was unfortunate, but had a good day today and need to ride that as best we can next week.
3: We'll go to Jim and then to Dustin.
6: Jim Otter, You mentioned Alex earlier. Uh, if the race had stayed green, were you prepared for Alex to give it a shot and how you feel you were positioned to ward him off come to the finish?
10: Yeah, I knew something was coming, for sure. Um, I wasn't going to ride second if I was him, so I knew he wasn't going to ride second either. But, yeah, I didn't really know. Obviously, didn't know what he was going to do, but I was just trying to position myself the best I could. I knew he was going to make some sort of a move. I had been pretty committed to the bottom at that point, so obviously he was going to have to come off the bottom to pass me. Um, and I was going to come off the bottom with him when he did. But, uh, yeah, it, was, you know, it worked out. I, and like I said, I appreciate his selflessness. There were times where he could have you know, canned me and, and moved on and he didn't and, and uh, you know, stuck stuck to it and that, that went a long way. So I I really appreciate that. He deserves a lot of credit. Team Chevy deserves a lot of credit in general. Um but uh you know, especially him today.
3: Go to
4: Steven I'm with Chase Elliott here in the media center at Todd Oaks so super speedway after he won the fiftieth run of the Geico five hundred. Chase mentioned uh and this is Chevrolet's first win other than a uh, Toyota or uh, Penske racing deal there, Stephen, which uh, Hendrick always runs good here at Talladega and down at Daytona. The, uh, what is – I know you and I talked a while ago. We're going to try to jump out of here, but I got one last question. Is this the final – I mean, not the final. Is, is this finally getting to where we got – a Chevrolet winning over a Toyota or a Ford?
8: Um, I think it's too early to tell. Um, because, you know, Talladega is kind of the great equalizer to some degree, and teams that are not normally competitive at all, um, can become competitive. Um, we 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 for for example, this past weekend, uh, we saw David Reagan out front. And uh, you know, for for front Row motorsports isn't actually a team that runs out front rarely if ever and um, you know, they won at Talladega a couple of years ago and won two Um so for Chevrolet they kinda took the one forward approach. Um where Ford kind of designed over the last couple of uh, four or five, or so restricted plate, plate style super speedways um, where they were going to work together. Um, they would only work together with one another. Um, they would very rarely jump out of line and help somebody of another brand. Um, and if they were going to win, they were going to push somebody of their own manufacturer to a win And uh, Chevrolet this past weekend kind of took that mentality of what one Ford had been doing and and kind of copycatted it to their side. And we saw how, you know, Ford was fairly dominant by using that approach, and then Chevrolet kind of of figured it out on their own, um, where rarely we saw a Chevrolet driver jump out of line too many times and run with another brandy, the Ford or Toyota, for example. And um, you know, a lot of times we would see uh, similar teammates pushing one another, Bowman and Elliott, for towards the end there. But you know, we we saw other Chevrolets doing the same thing. Uh, I think in the next coming weeks or so, um, I think when we start, like I said, you know, we're, we we were. We discussed this at the beginning of the season. By the time that we start going to Dover and Kansas, Charlotte, stuff like that, we're going to start having a good handle on the way that the season is going. And I think that's kind of still uh, true. Um, You know, I, I think there's some competitive tracks coming up, and I think there's opportunities for Chevrolet. But at the same time, I think that, you know, they're still struggling and behind. Uh, both Ford and Toyota uh, on the the how this new Camaro runs at these tracks, and while they're getting better, and I know we're seeing that they're getting better, and they're using different approaches to get better. Um, I I I think that we can kind of look back at how the first you know uh, uh, almost quarter of the season has gone for Chevrolet. And look at the other manufacturers, and basically see we would see a dominance of Ford and mostly Joe Gibbs Racing, Tusket Racing, primarily. Uh, and I think that that will continue throughout the remaining parts of the year. However, um, you know if, if Chevrolet can use this as as a uh, as a benchmark, and you know go to some of these other tracks and continue to improve, I think down the line we're going to see them continue to improve. And actually, you know, uh, most of the time it, it just takes a while with new, new bodies for for teams to uh, acquire the data that they need. And I think they're at this point where they're acquiring enough data um, both this year and from last year to, to start making some more aggressive approaches to car setups and qualifying attempts and some more aggressive moves both in the race, too, because, you know, even at Talladega, um, we heard, you know, we, we saw some very very aggressive racing. We saw some very aggressive moves. Um, I think you can look at what Tyler Reddick did uh, in the Xfinity series. That guy made some very very aggressive moves. And um, you know, even in, in the Cup series, we saw a lot of aggressive moves across mostly Ford and Chevrolet. We didn't see or talk a whole lot about Toyota during the day. Um, they still struggle on these types of racetracks, except for Daytona. And um, I think uh, I think overarching, Chevrolet still has work to do, and I think they'll continue to improve. But I think uh, at this point in the season, we're going to continue kind of like the trends are going to continue, um, you know, unless Chevrolet is willing to make some more aggressive and bold moves like he did this past weekend and kind of sitting those drivers down and saying, you're going to work with one another, this is our plan for the weekend and go out there and do it.
4: Stephen, we're headed to the uh, Concrete Jungle, the Dover International Speedway up there in Dover, Delaware. Do you have the radio and TV times that you can let our listeners know where they can find everything out, brother?
8: Yeah, Triple Had a weekend at Dover uh, International Speedway. Everything's going to kick off uh, Friday uh, with a bunch of random practices throughout the day. The NASCAR uh, Gander Outdoor Series Qualifying is going to take place at 1.10, uh, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, the Jags 200, 200 laps, 200 miles. Um, Xfinity Series Qualifying is going to take place on Saturday, 5 10.10. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it's going to take place at 10.10. Uh, on Saturday with the uh, Monster Energy. Hmm. Oh no, I'm sorry, Monster Energy. Um, sorry, going going back over to Friday. Sorry, I missed this three forty right before the Truck Series race, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying. Uh, anyways, back on Saturday, uh, Allied Building two hundred, 200 last two hundred miles one thirty, uh, and then on Sunday the Gander RV. Outdoors, uh, four hundred, four hundred laps, four hundred miles. Uh, everything's going to be on uh, MRN XM Radio and Fox Sports swim has television coverage throughout the weekend.
4: And Stephen, before we jump out of here, I want to give uh Tom Bryant, Senior Director of Racing Communications at NASCAR, for coming by and making a pitch talk with you and I, and talking about how his weekend goes over day-to-day, hours to hour, hour-to-hour. He does a great job, Stephen, taking care of us, media, and trying to get all the NASCAR stuff out there, too. But again, Stephen, let everybody know that you can follow me on social media, brother, and we'll jump out of here. You
8: can follow us at Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and com.
4: Stephen, thanks again, brother. And like I said again, thanks to Tom Bryant from NASCAR, and we will talk to you
8: Next Tuesday
4: evening, uh, like I said, I'm live here in Tower of the Super Speedway. He's Stephen Wilson, live right outside of Richmond Raceway, speedwaydigest.com. Until next Tuesday evening, y'all have a good weekend, friends and fans, and listen to the NASCAR Cup Series on Fox this weekend.
9: I'm a mama's boy, I'm a fist fight, kind of county line, kind of cold bear. little hat down, little John Deere, I kind of give a damn, I kind of don't care, you see the girl standing right there, she loves a small town boy like me, she's my ride die, baby, she's my cool, she's my crazy, she's my laid back in the front seat, she's my with me, some more So if you're the end, girl, turn it up to ten, girl. She can have anybody that she wants to be anywhere she wants to be. She loves a small town boy like me. She's my baddest, die baby. She's my cool, she's my crazy, she's my laid back.
1: NASCAR is back and bigger than ever at the Dover International Speedway, home of the Monster Mile. Come be part of history and celebrate Dover's 50th anniversary, May 3rd to the 5th. Experience great racing, the biggest fan zone ever, with free fun and games for all ages, featuring Charlie Daniels Band live and in concert, the Harlem Globetrotters, Monster Trucks, and so much more. Tickets start at just $50, and kids 12 and under get in for just $10 on Sunday and free on Friday and Saturday. For tickets and info, visit DoverSpeedway.com.
9: Your daughter signing the finish line,
0: she's in. Your grandpa air guitaring the free race concert, he's in. Soldiers saluting the flyover, they're all in. Fans holding their breath before a wreck, in. Drivers trash talking on your headset after the wreck. Definitely in. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race at Kansas Speedway. Saturday, May 11th, under the lights. Tickets at kansasspeedway.com. You in?